right, this is Al Vans coming at you from Studio Two. Got my good friend Josh Raymond in the house. How's it going, Josh? Al, it's going well. Actually, couldn't be better. Couldn't be better. I like it. We're on episode 66. 66, huh? 66. Yeah, not a bad number. Two-thirds of the way to 100, I guess, roughly. Yeah, that's 100's <laughs> the goal, right? We get 100 episodes, and then we can retire. Re reassess from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of what we talked about. Uh, yeah, so hey, I saw a tweet today, uh, friend Rod Frost posted, we've had our ninth uh, referee sponsored for this year, Chad Barchefeld, um, he's number nine, he was sponsored by Perry Chalice, or I mean Rogotsky, it's a Chalice yeah, Award, yeah, yeah. yeah Perry Rogotsky, uh, he's actually sponsored a number of refs for us and uh, continues to help out, uh, so thanks to Perry, congratulations to Barchi. Um, and thanks again to Rod for helping make all that happen. Oh, and Perry's one of those guys that we can lean on and, you know, we know that if we're just trying to, he usually reaches out to us and offers, right? but if he wouldn't, we'd shoot him a message and, uh, he's been very, very helpful throughout this sponsoring a ref program. Right. Yep. All right. So, Hey, if Barchi wants to get some wrestling uh, some refing gear. He yeah. already had it, according to the picture there, but maybe he borrowed it uh, from someone. If he needs to buy ref refing gear, Josh, where could he get a good 15% discount? Well, he could certainly give General Sports a call. They, uh, you know, they got a discount code from the Alan Josh show. And remind me how that, how does that work, Alan? Discount code. Yeah, well, yeah, when you check out, you can enter in a, a code and you put in Alan Josh, and that's good for 15% off. You know, that's a pretty good chunk. So, yeah, and they've got um, they've got all sorts of gear there, right? They've got refing gear. They certainly, if you've got cousins who play hockey, they've got all that stuff. But um, they've got a bunch of wrestling stuff, right? You, you were um, telling me you saw, who'd you see, Lakeville North had some pretty sharp singlets? Yeah, Lakeville North right now they're wearing, um, <clears throat> they got some new singlets, and their, their coaches are, are what would it be, draped in gear made by the brand Unreal? Yeah. Like it's just U-N-R-L. He's a, apparently a very trendy brand in apparel right now. Right. Like the, the, the kids love that stuff, I guess. And, um, I mean, let's, let's be honest. I'm fully dressed in... in You're decked out I'm in GS gear. GS gear. You know, this brand new sweatshirt, Simply Wrestling sweatshirt, and this T-shirt is from General Sports from a few years back. Right. The week of the state tournament. You know, that scramble when you try and get... Yeah, last-minute shirts together. Yeah, so they've been super helpful with that. Yeah, they were, uh, and they literally are making a, a full, you know, I don't want to call it a full-court press, but a, a nice push to get even more involved in the wrestling community than they already are. Right, yep. I mean, they've been doing, they've been doing gear for a while just as part of their apparel business, right? But um, with uh, some new ownership, um, Randy Volk, big wrestling guy, obviously, and um, he's he's really hoping to continue to get into stuff like singlets and uh, warm ups and fan gear and all that. So um, yeah. Before we go on, we should actually you know what? let me let's mention this. Let's be a little more professional about this than normal. Okay. Now this episode is I don't know if you've ever listened to other podcasts other than ours, um, but they're they're a little more specific about their sponsorships and a little more organized. So this episode is going to be brought to you by General Sports Health and Recovery. Okay. All right. We're about 50 days out from the state wrestling tournament. Dr. Gannon Volk understands the needs of high-level athletes and the stressors that the sport can put on the body. That's why he's focused on helping clients perform better, 
recover faster, and prevent injuries. As we make our way down the, down the home stretch here of what is arguably the toughest high school sport, schedule your complimentary consultation with Dr. Gannon at generalsportshealth.com today. Nice. And I, I did get word, Josh, um, uh, a portion of our marketing department met with uh, General Sports last night yeah. for a discussion. Um, and um, I, one of the things that came up was, uh, you know, we've talked for about like, like the Zach Silva shirts. Oh, yeah. And um, the marketing department passed on that uh, when they do stuff for world team athletes, so if, if these guys are making world teams um, or, or representing the USA overseas in any way and they have some sort of a fundraiser, um, shirts, uh, shorts, whatever, 100% of the profits go back to the athlete for that. What so was the, what was the percentage you said? 100, Josh. Okay. Yeah. So there's no worry about, um, you, you know, trying to find the best deal or anything else. The quality is great. The turnaround's fast. And they literally, when they're done, they write a check to the uh, whoever the athlete is for all the profits. Like they're not keeping a penny from that, just giving back to, to those athletes or share, you know, uh, donating their services to those athletes. So that's, that's great. That's fantastic. Wrestling people helping wrestling people. Right. Just love it. All right. Well, um, Dexter seems excited to hear about national duels. Dexter? Yeah. There's always a dog trying to work their way into studio too. Right? Like they don't. Yeah. So uh, national duels. Right? Yeah, I was I was down in Cedar Falls last weekend. It sounded like it was a good time. Uh, it, it's, it is a good time. Yes, it was and is a good time. Uh, this was the first time I'd been to national duels at UNI in the Unidome. Yeah. Um, I had been to Kentucky, which it, it had been previously uh, the last few years. Um, in the old days, I think the last time it was at the Unidome, they had D1 national duels there too. There was a time when they had D1 national duels at the Unidome along with D2, D3, NAI, et cetera. Um, but as we know, D1 doesn't do national duels anymore. They've got, somebody's got clickbait, you know, a couple of years ago, like national duel, D1 national duels and Penn State and I were both here, right? And they wrestled each in a pool and didn't wrestle each other. Yeah. It really wasn't national duels. It was not. It was just a get together. There were some duels. Right. It wasn't. It was, it, there were duels. There were duels. There were duels. So that part was good. Exactly. Uh, let's start with the setup. So. In Kentucky, we talked about it. It was like a banquet hall that could hold 100 mats maybe, and they had 38 mats set up and basically no bleachers and some chairs, and you had to walk around to see stuff. And it, it was it was not ideal, but it was what it was. We go to the Unidome, and going in, I'm trying to figure out how many mats are they going to have here, right? We, we've been to – how many times have we been to the Unidome? Oh, a many, lot, right? A lot, yeah. The most mats I've ever seen there is maybe like 22, 24, somewhere in that range. Well – I figured they would have to have over 30, right, for this, this national duels tournament. I mean, there's, there's D2, D3, NAIA, NAIA, NAIA women, yeah. uh, the multi-divisional men. There's individual brackets running. Like, it's, there's a lot going on. So I go in there. There's 36 mats. So basically, they've got nine mats in a row right in front of the stands, Ooh. another nine packed to them, and then on the other side, the same deal. So 18 mats nine by two on each side and down the middle of the dome is uh you know chairs scores tables people warming up and walking back and forth that sort of thing my point is 
from one side of the arena, you really couldn't see action on the other side. So way on the far, far side, you could maybe kind of see what's going on if you're up high enough, but you're a long ways away. But if you're a little bit close to the action on your side, you can't see that like right over the break. So like St. Cloud State wrestled most of their matches on a mat that I couldn't see. Like oh. It just didn't work. That was unfortunate. You'd have to actually get up, physically walk around to the other side of the right. bleachers and come down. I follow you. Up. Right. Or be up on, on the side where yeah. you can kind of see both sides. But there's only maybe a hundred seats, right? Like, yeah. and they're, they're highly contested. For there's sure. Not open all the time. And look, last year, um, I got to see St. Cloud State wrestle their first round match right next to Augsburg. And after that, I didn't see them all weekend because of the layout. Yep. This year, I was hoping I could see a lot more wrestling. Just didn't, there were so many mats, it didn't lend itself very well to that. Maybe the biggest disappointment was. Augsburg was on mat one, which was the very front right mat, and the scoreboard was stuffed up next to the um, next to the bleachers. Basically, you if you were in the front row of the bleachers, you had to stand up and look over the edge to see the scoreboard. So I, I couldn't see the scoreboard all weekend for the Augsburg mat. And in college, with riding time, that's a big deal. It's always important, right? To see, it's nice to see. Oh, I can keep up with team score. That's fine individual you know but man when they're throwing three-point takedowns and four-point near falls around and then there's riding time like it's it the scoreboard's pretty useful so i don't know exactly what they can do to fix that next year i'm hoping they figure something out um but anyway that it, it is what it is so they had the women's bracket this year um Iowa showed up with the their their first team ever taking on perennial powerhouse north central and even though they were really strict about letting people down at the lower level, the Iowa North Central duel was surrounded by fans, like four deep. It was really weird. They, they somehow let all the women's fans down on the floor. Oh, really? I thought it was great they showcased it, but I don't know why other matches couldn't have been showcased as well. Iowa ended up winning four of the ten matches against North Central, but those four matches were enough to win the duel 21-10. Um, in the in the last match, they had a gal score a point. She got beat six one, right? This is freestyle. She yeah. got beat six one with a late um, activity clock. So she got beat six zero. She gets a point late due to activity clock to make it six one. So she gets a team point. So they win twenty one twenty Iowa. If she doesn't get that activity clock, it's tied twenty twenty first tiebreaker. North Central wins on six matches to four. So I know you're going to find it hard to believe, Josh. Oh, my gosh. But in Iowa, a referee's decision. No, no, don't say it. A referee's don't, decision. Don't say this. Gave the, the national title to the women Hawkeyes. No way. That is, that way. is, oh, oh, my God. You, and you couldn't tell me this before we started recording? <laughs> To be fair, I was not Matt's side. I was not one of the 300 people Matt's side for that on <laughs> yeah. the floor. Um, and I couldn't see exactly, but but that is literally what happened. There was a late activity clock for Iowa that gave that girl her only point in the match, which gave her the team point, which won the duel for them. Hmm. Read into it what you may. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's, it sounds oh. like the six-hole girl was stolen a lot. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, right? Yeah, she was only winning 6 nothing, and right? she gets put on the activity clock. Okay. Oh, Anywho, yeah. yeah. that's Boy. Um, NAIA, we've talked about Grandview before, right? Yeah. Well, what was they their had, streak at? 
It was over 100. Like 117 dual meet wins, maybe? Yeah, they'd like won that. well over 100 in a row. And in fact, they for a long time, they had lost for like 10, 12 years. And they got, I don't know, they wrestled like Iowa State a couple of years ago. And they lost a duel. Um, but their NAIA streak was way over 100. You know, yeah. well over 100. They ended up getting taken down. Um, life beat them. Life ended up beating them in the finals, I think, by 24-17 was the score. Uh, so uh, Grandview's uh, longest consecutive dual streak in NCAA, I don't know if it's in history, but certainly the longest current, and it's up there for history-wise. I, I think you know this would be where our man, Jason, Jason Bryant, Bryant yeah. would definitely fact-check us, but I do believe it's, it's in I history. I think so, too. I think so, too. Um, but anyway, so life ended that. And then the life women... Uh, also won the the women's NAIA bracket. So Life had double champions. That's pretty cool. So now, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Life, aren't they out of Georgia? Like they're, you know, in Minnesota, we don't have any NAIA schools. Right. So, you, you know, a typical typical Minnesota wrestling fans don't follow it super closely, but I believe they're out of Georgia. So to yep. come, up, come up to um, Iowa, Iowa and beat an Iowa team. Well, win two titles. Yeah, win two titles in Iowa. That's pretty fun. And I'm telling you right now, Grandview, their men are tough. Like they've, they've. Oh they, yeah. I mean, don't don't think your coach can schedule a duel with them and just patty cake through it. Yeah, that is not but, happening. Yeah. yeah. Um, D three working our way up. Uh, D three right. Augsburg was a favorite going in. Yep. Um, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this segment, Josh. Why not? <laughs> I wonder why not right. now. Like, well, twenty-one of the twenty-two D three titles ever at the NWCA <laughs> National Duels were won by Wartburg or Augsburg going in. The one that that they didn't win was Lacrosse. Okay, and that was when neither of the other two schools participated. Oh yeah, and uh, and like a few weeks after after Lacrosse won that, Augsburg ended up beating them in a duel. Um, Anyway, uh, Augsburg, Wartburg both made it to the finals, and Wartburg wrestled hard. They ended up, um, you know, they did everything they had to, and, and just they wrestled hard and, and beat the the Augies twenty one nineteen. So now I know this is not your. You don't really want to spend too much time on this subject, yep. but uh, you know, it's the first of of two meetings this year. When is January 26th. So they turn around and meet in just a couple of weeks. They'll meet in Minneapolis at the Battle of the Bergs. Which, as you've told me before, is an awesome duel to go, an awesome experience to be part of. It's always fun. And I actually think that Wartburg beating Augsburg this weekend is going to make it even better. You know, last year, Augsburg won the national duels. And a few weeks later, Wartburg beat them in a duel, right? Like, it's, it's not uncommon for these two teams to trade uh, duels inside of a month. So, yeah, look for that to be a super exciting duel. And if you've got no, nothing going on January 26th, I highly recommend getting up to that. Yeah, it's, especially this year, it's in Minnesota. You know, these, this Augsburg wrestling team is Minnesota, mostly Minnesota kids with some Wisconsin kids smattered in there that, you know, are basically Minnesota kids. Yeah, they're fairly young. They, they, they're a fun team. They, they score a lot of points. They've got some wrestlers that just, you know, do some crazy, fun, funky stuff. And, and uh, yeah, they're good. And Wartburg wrestled great this weekend. It should be a really fun duel. Yeah, but get to the – I mean, and if the tricky part is 
the 26th, that's a, so that's a Friday night. So maybe there's not as much high school wrestling going on as like, let's say a Thursday night. Right. It, it would be, it would be fun to, for, you know, Minnesota wrestling fans to get up there and, you know, check that out. And be I'm, part I'm of that telling experience. you, it's a blast. I, I went to it quite a few times before I would, you know, had a kid involved with the program. It's a fun event, no matter what. Yeah. You've always said that. Yeah. Um, speaking of getting second place, Josh, a team you may or may not know got second place in D2. The, do tell familiar now, with this. I'm interested in this part here. I, I wasn't able to be there, but uh, please, I'm all ears. There's a team with a mascot, I believe, the Vikings. Yes. No doubt. Skull Vikings. Skull. Made a run to the finals. Uh, Augustana had a great tournament, man. They looked good. Um, and again, I didn't get to watch a ton of matches live based on where the D2 wrestling was compared to where I was sitting. But... Um, yeah, they, they had a great tournament, made a good run in the finals. They beat in the semifinals, they beat um uh who Lander, yeah, who some people thought was the best team in the country. Um now after catching a whiff of central Oklahoma again, I'm not sure that I would have said Lander was the best team, but <laughs> but Lander was w- certainly one of the best teams in the country. Some people thought the best. And um, yeah, Augustana, Augustana took them down in the semifinals. Yeah, was it like seventeen to sixteen? Seventeen sixteen. Yeah, that was the score of the duel. Seventeen sixteen. Right. Like. Um, the uh, Augustana wrestler Cade Mueller, right? He was named NSIC Wrestler of the Week um, for the second time this year. He went four and zero this weekend. Had some big wins. Well, and that's not, um, you know, that's not a real small undertaking in the NSIC. No, to win Wrestler of the Week and, and do it. Twice. Twice. That, that's impressive. Well, and this this week in particular, I mean, any time that a kid wins it, that's impressive. But this week with national duels, when you know there's also, right? So, so like, we know how good Jackson Roman is. He actually got beat in the final round, wrestling Central Oklahoma. It was a battle of two top-ranked kids, a 1-0 match, whatever. I, I don't remember what it was. Yeah, One point, I think. One nothing, I think. Um, but, like, the a, a, a tournament like this, these kids are, are stomping all over each other. Like, they've got all sorts of tough matches so yeah to go 4-0 this weekend and, and win that honor that's a, a nice one for for Cade um mentioned St. Cloud State they were there they ended up getting third place they had a, a, a nice tournament I know with their history they would prefer to to win the dang thing but um they wrestled well finished third and um future well current home of friend of the show Kale Robb yeah. You and Kearney. Yeah. They ended up getting fifth. They beat you, Mary, who had another solid showing, right? You, Mary, wrestled well last year, had a big first round win, and, and got six this year. So, yeah, it was a, it was a, a fun tournament there, too. Is it Kearney or Carney? Probably Carney. I, I, I've heard it both ways. I think it's Carney. I mean, if I read it, it looks like Kearney, but I've heard Kearney, people pronounce right? it Carney. I think Carney. We'll have to ask, uh, you know, we'll ask Kale Robb. Right. We could ask Tracy, but he, I don't know if he would know. No, we need a reliable source. We got to ask a kid. Yes. Yeah. Tracy's not the right guy. So you got your fill of wrestling down there. I mean, you are. Yeah. You know, so I was, for a while, I was disappointed because I was really looking forward to just soaking in everything. And um, with all, I, I enjoy wrestling of all sorts, right? But. All of the D2 action was across, all the way across. So I really got to see very little. And that was, I made my way around. I saw quite a, quite a bit of wrestling early with the individual 
uh, brackets when neither St. Cloud State or Augsburg was wrestling. So I went down to where the individual brackets were running. Um, and I saw a lot of kids, Minnesota kids wrestle there. Um, but then once duels started, I, I really, I got to see some of the other D2 team or D3 teams, which is fine, but, um, I didn't get to see very much D2 wrestling up close. Well, you're, you're, you are, you're our college correspondent. Now. I know. We're going to need to work what, on this for next year. I mean, I was disappointed not to have um, NWCA reach out to me and give me a press pass. We got to like, get you a media pass. That's I don't know why I had to ask. They should be reaching out to us. Should they not? I would imagine. Clearly, so. they got, know who we are. They listen to us. We've got a, a handful of listeners. I suppose they can't show favorites. Yeah, they, they can't. They <laughs> can't reach out directly to us when they, you know. Where did you go to college? <laughs> I actually went to school at U and I. You went to school at U and I. I feel like you'd have a connection there. We well, got to get you on the floor for next year. I think so. The but, Panthers were out of town. Actually, they they pull, pulled a fast one on NWCA. They're like, we're not working tables. We're going to Lincoln. The oldest trick in the book, right? Is we're it gonna, not? We're go take on. <laughs> yeah, go take on the, the, the Cowboys and the Huskers. Yeah. Hey, what? It, um, so last year was in Kentucky. Was that in Louisville? Was yeah, at that giant convention center. Gigantic. I mean, gigantic convention yeah, center. Yeah, I've been there. It's crazy. Yeah. So what? What format did you like better? Just out of curiosity, the U and I dome, and forget your homerism. Right, right. You and well, I, but... so the just the venue itself. Clearly, the travel's way better to you and I. Oh, Driving I... three hours versus dealing with Kentucky travel. But as far as like at the venue, I I don't love either one. I. You know what? I guess if they fix a scoreboard issue, I like the Unidome. Okay. But it's it's not right to not be able to see a scoreboard from any seat watching the one seat. Right? Yeah, it doesn't like, make any sense. Augsburg was a one seat, so they're on mat number one. Yeah. I get when, you know, you're just being realistic. When you're stuck on the backside of some tournament and, you know, battling your way through whatever or wrestling some extra matches, like you're not always in the ideal position. But as the, the one seed of, of one of these divisions, to have zero matches where any of your fans could see the scoreboard is pretty disappointing. Oh, man, that would pretty be... Pretty disappointing. That would be frustrating. Yeah. So, I guess the Unidome. But it, 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 they definitely big room for improvement there, too. Okay. Well, I mean, hopefully they make some adjustments for next year. I, I mean, if they jack those... If they put... They had... Um, had those like three-way triangle stands. Oh yeah, you yeah. know, with the three scoreboards or the three LED bulbs on it. Um, it wasn't like a a pin TV sort of look or anything. Oh, it was it like was the old school, old school, like the like the old school triangle scoreboard. Three three-way, tri- yeah, three-way old school scoreboard. Um, if they just set those on a four-foot pedestal, you yep. you could see them from the stands. They'd be fine. Okay. Now, now that would block a small portion of the mats from any given position, right? But if I'm watching a particular mat, I can easily find one of the, you know, 14,000 seats in the arena that doesn't have an obstructed view based on a scoreboard, and I can still see what the score and time and writing time is. I, I think they need to do that. That's pretty cheap and easy Yeah, to just jack those up a few feet. Really easy. In fact, the other side, the, other side, the D2 side, my understanding is the D2 side, the, um, even the mats that were right next to the bleachers, were pushed away a bit because that's the side they had the football field rolled up on. So they were pushed away from the, the stands like four or five feet, and you could see it pretty easily. Okay. So it, it was just the D3 side that 
was garbage, I guess. Yeah, the, the, short, the short end of the stick. Right. There. Come on. Yeah, so uh, good weekend, not ideal. It's one of those where, you know, you can't, I guess you can't win them all. But um, really looking forward to Battle of Bergs in a few weeks. And um, good showing for Minnesota in general. Yeah, very good. A ton of Minnesota kids competing there. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, just... That's that's fantastic, and I, the only the only thing as I was, I was a little nervous because as I was at the Cheesehead in Kakana, my cell phone service was was really subpar in the gym there for some. I have no idea why. I mean, it's not like it's, it's a surprise that Wisconsin has terrible cell phone coverage, right? It, it's, it was it was and well, and most of it was like my my internet. Like I couldn't look things up, and I had to get I had to rely on some correspondence. Oof. Like, to help me, give me updates, and uh, like literally, it's like, hey, can you let me know what's going on in this duel? Can you let me know what's going on here? Like, because I can't look it up on my phone, and it was extremely frustrating. That is frustrating. And uh, we gotta gotta talk to Scott Cleaver about that for next year. They gotta like boost. Uh, is there a way to boost the Wi-Fi? Or? Well, look, they've they've got. You were probably on some sort of public guest Wi-Fi. I, I was, and then I got off of it, and then I got on it and off of it. And when you're with that, if you have a bad cell phone signal and the guest Wi-Fi is bad, there's not a lot of options. One option you have, as Alan Josh corresponded, is to talk to Cleaver and say, hey, I need on the good guy Wi-Fi. Like, don't put me on the slowed down garbage with everybody else. That's what you got to do next year. Yes. Get on the get on the good guy Wi-Fi. I got to get on the good. And there's there's definitely one of those. Because I don't want. Um, you yeah. tell him you're going to let everybody know about uh, about the uh, national duels he likes to run before the cheesehead. Like pick your three toughest competitors out, huh. and if you tell if you threaten to let them know on air, right, then he yeah. might actually <laughs> yeah. he might he might give you that password for the good guy Wi-Fi. I got to get that because I I mean it was that was frustrating. It's super like, frustrating, right? When it just spins and spins, or you you go to uh, cell phone signal and it's like no nothing 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 and the Wi-Fi slow. No fun. And there was a ton to catch up on, man. Wow. Oh, there was so much wrestling going on. It's just... Right, like I was um, the clash was going on. Right, one of the many things that I was trying to keep up with, and I had um, Seth Getzinger, Osberg, seventy-four pounder. He's from Chatfield. His dad, Jason, had the. Chatfield duels up on his phone most times, so I could go and get updates on Chatfield's duels for the most part. Oh, and their family's very involved with Chatfield wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I was able to get kind of like you were asking people for updates. Seth, Seth's dad, Jace, would give me updates on Chatfield, or I could watch over his shoulder for a bit. But that's just not the ideal situation either. So yeah. Um, Chatfield, man, what a season they're having. You know, we talked, was it, remember, was it last year, the year before that JCC just went on a run and um, like won the Rumble and did well at the Clash? And, yeah. And this year it's Chatfield. Yeah. Like they're the small school that's rolling. Um, you know, there's some Wisconsin folks at, uh, with Augsburg kids and we're talking and, and after day one, Chatfield had made the final bracket right at the Clash, went 3 0. 
and they they had mentioned Chatfield and stuff, and they're like, yeah, they're pretty good. I'm like, well, they were at the Bi State. He goes, yeah, they've got some good kids. I go, yeah, how'd they do at the Bi State? Yeah, how did they're like, they well, do? I don't know. I think they did all right. I'm like, they won the dang thing. They did. Is what they did. Um, and they're like, oh, are they like one of the best big schools in Minnesota? And I'm like, they're one of the smallest schools. They're Chatfield. Like, they're a single-A school. And, of course, the Wisconsin people who do lots of things backwards, right, when single or class A is big there, right? So they, they get confused. And I'm like, no, 1A is small in Minnesota. They're the small schools. They're the small schools. And, yes, they're whipping everybody's butts. Yeah, they had a fantastic tournament. And, you know, they travel well. It's just a great uh, – Probably a, a great setup and a great venue for them to do well because they uh, they are so close to home, you know. Like so, that it's nothing. It's no problem for them to. I just I know we we've seen this before when they used to pack the the Mayo Civic Center, you know, ten years ago. They have two thousand people at the section finals for their for the team sections. Like, what the, is there even two thousand people in Chatfield? I would take the under, but I don't know. There might be more. Yeah, they, uh, yeah, they're continuing just having a, a like a kind of a storybook season so far, and I don't see them slowing down anytime soon. No, and and they're one of those schools that doesn't back off a of competition, right? They go from by state to, uh... well, the by state to the clash, and like I, you know, I think they wrestle at the Lake Crystal Welcome Memorial Tournament, which it, it, that's off the no... top of your head, it might not sound like. You know, like the, the bi state or the clash, the but I mean, there's I think Kenyon is there, uh, JCC Jackson County Central's there. One of your favorite teams is there. My favorite teams, I Simley's gonna be there this year, so they yeah, they're they run a tough schedule. And their head coach, Matt Mouse, Seth, I, I gotta tell the story just as we're on the subject of the Chatfield Gophers years ago. We were down at um, like the Stewartville Greco Freestyle Freestyle Greco um, Combo Tournament. You remember those? Oh yeah. They uh, so he was Matt was coaching like somewhere in the cities. I don't remember exactly where, but like he had been maybe maybe like fresh out of college from I think he was a national champ for lacrosse. I want to say okay. definitely an All American, but I, I want to say national champ. So he was coaching somewhere up in the cities. And there was a combo tournament down in Stewartville, and he brought a couple kids down to Stewartville because they could he could get them like six matches, right? And some very athletic kids, but they weren't like very refined in wrestling yet. Sure, but like I say, they were athletes. They wanted to compete. He brought them down there, and he tracked down a couple dads and said, "Hey, can you know after they got done with their matches, he wanted some exhibition matches." Okay, and one of the kids was Zach Hansen. All right. And I was like, uh, you know, like he's, he's, he's a pretty tough kid, you know, like, so like, whatever this was, let's call it, I don't know, Todd, Todd could correct me on this. Uh, one of our, one of our biggest sponsors from Morgan and Trust Realty, Todd Hansen, he's your realtor, of, you know, wrestling realtor of the stars. Give him a shout or at Todd at morganandtrust.com for all your realty needs. But they were maybe in like, sixth grade something like that and zach was like fresh off like the year before and just won a national title of a kids national championship in freestyle and greco, and greco or something right. like that and matt was like hey uh what do you think about you think zach would be up to wrestle a couple exhibition matches against my guys 
I mean, he's like literally, and he, you know, he knew who he knew the kids that he was lining up these exhibition matches were good. Right. And he's like, well, we, you know, we drove down here, we got some good matches. We're hoping to get just a couple more exhibition matches. Sure. So I was like, geez, that's that's ambitious of this guy. Right. Well, I'm looking at Chatfield's schedule and Chatfield's program right now, and apparently ambition pays off. No doubt. No doubt. Um, yeah, so they ended up uh, finishing second in the top in the top bracket, which has got to be one of the, Well, has any single-A school ever won the class, Josh? No. No. So they're, they're either, either tied for or set the record for the highest finish ever for a single-A school. I think that's the highest finish ever for a single-A school. Yeah. There's been others that have been in that final bracket before. Sure, yep. you know, we've talked about that. JC, but, yep. Yeah, but never, I don't think, ever finished second. That's... Yeah, what a what a weekend. Um, and they beat, like, they had a great duel. Their last duel of the tournament was with Vacaville, right? They ended up winning that by a point. Vacaville, right, they're the only team besides Apple Valley to ever make every clash, right? Yes. So there's a bunch of good schools around. You know, St. Michael and Chad, all these schools that compete in the clash most of the time and are good. Vacaville and Apple Valley, the only two to make it to every one. Vacaville is not from a close drive to La Crosse or to Rochester, Josh. It, it, where is Vacaville? It's in California, right? Just... We, we met some of their parents. What a fun group of people they were. Um, they love that tournament. Love they it. love coming to the Midwest. Some of those kids come here and see snow for the first and only time ever. Um, they have a gigantic fundraiser um, that they have every year to get ready for for traveling. It's an expensive tournament. They got to pay for hotels. They also have to pay for flights. They pay for a lot. So Bacaville loves the tournament. And some years they come and look, they take a beating. They really do some years. This year they came, had a good team, made the final bracket, you know. So uh, yeah, that I mean, that's kind of a it's not quite storybook. I think Vacaville actually won it at, at one point. They have won it. I but so. it's nice for them. A team that comes every year um, to finish any time they make that final bracket is, is nice. I like to reward those loyal uh, teams that come all the time. So now, Al, you know I get distracted easily. Did you mention the teams in the, top, in the final bracket? Well, so St. Michael won it. Chatfield got second. Vacaville third, and Zambrota Mazeppa got fourth. That was our final four. Okay. You probably already said that, so sorry for asking you about that. But I want to rewind just a little bit and talk about the Bemidji Lumberjacks. Yeah. How about the way they started the tournament off? Right. What seed were they? Well, they were the eighth seed in their their bracket from day one, right? So that would put them in the, um, what's that, the uh, 20, 28th, 29th through 32nd bracket? Well, so th- uh, if their seed held true, right? But the, the Lumberjacks of Bemidji, they came down, they, they meant business, and they upset Washington, Illinois, the first round 30 to 24. You know, and some maybe were thinking that was a fluke, or, right? I don't, I don't know if, I don't want to say fluke, that's not fair, but. They, um, you know, some people maybe thought like, oh boy, they're, they're probably going to be in, a, in for a tough one next round against Muskego. Well, we've talked about before, like you win that first match and sometimes someone's got to go one and five after winning their first match. Someone's got to go one you and know? five. And let's be honest, if we're taking bets based on paper only. Only paper. The eighth seed that wins their first match is, Duel is probably the team that like, is most likely to go one and five. Yeah, I was like, oh man. After but they that, did not. They did not. 
They, they beat Muskego in the semis, 31 to 27. So you, they had a six-point duel, their first duel, and a, and a four-point duel, their second duel, to make the, make the finals of their of their day one bracket. Yeah, I mean they're riding high there. That's that's uh, they feel like they can't lose. Oh you my know, that's gosh, that's huge. How? How did they this... weren't supposed to win any duels the first day? None, and they won their first two. And then, so then they go wrestle some Broda Mazeppa, the Cougars, in the championship of their bracket, and that was a competitive duel. I mean, it was sure 39 16. ZM kind of walked away with it there at the end, but still, like, that was ZM's closest duel on day one. Yeah, I mean, they beat they, they beat Liberty in their semifinal match 43 to 9, right? So yeah, uh, Bemidji, you know, they made the trip down. That's got to be about a six-hour drive for them. Five yeah. for sure. And they came to compete. Well, they, they turned around. They won a duel on day two. They did. Yeah, so they got put the, in that second bracket, they call it, right, for that five through eight or whatever. And they won their first duel of the day. They beat St. Pius, a uh, Kansas City team. Oh, yeah. So all of a sudden, they, they go from an AC. They win two in a row, make the second bracket and the whole thing, and then win their first duel of day two. Like that, that's a run there, man. That is an impressive tournament for the Lumberjacks. Okay, so then let's go back. Let's see here, Al. We're talking about this. What else? Is this the third year St. Michael's won it, maybe? I think it's a third in a row. I think the last team to beat them or to win it that wasn't St. Michael was like 2020 and was Shakopee. Um, Shakopee did not, they did not have the tournament that they were hoping. Um, they ended up being in that that third bracket, and they won that, which is always fun. But did uh, when we were talking about did Muskego? How did they end up doing? Uh, let me rewind just a little bit. Muskego lost to Bemidji in the semis, right? Right. And did they did they go one and five on though? Yeah, they they so they're in the fourth place bracket, right? So they took fourth in that first one. So they went one one and then lost two in a row. Then they came back and had three duels in that fourth place round robin bracket, and they got beat by Hershey, they got beat by Stillwater, and they got beat by Kenyon Wanamingo. So they won their first duel of the tournament, and then lost five straight. Oh, I mean, somebody's got to do it. Not some... necessarily has to, right? They, they that round robin on day two, there could be a, a you know a three and zero oh and two one and twos or something. But yeah. Muskego won one and lost five straight to end that. We talked about that, and that's that is can be not a super fun tournament for you when it happens, but it's got to have it. It just Mo- does. It, it it either happens or very close to happens to somebody every year. Now we could talk more about the clash, or we can refer clash listeners Al, to the uh, the newest podcast in the. Uh, the world of Minnesota wrestling podcasts. Yeah, uh, JB Takes did a full full episode recap, right? Yeah, yep. And, and half of the half of the top bracket um, schools are are section one. I'm assuming they cover that pretty in depth. They do. Yep. They're they are. Um, we've talked about in the last couple episodes. If you're interested in in more wrestling content, high school wrestling content, you know, like and subscribe to JV Takes. They do a great job. You know, they're a little bit younger than us. They're a little bit more techy than us. Both uh, not hard to do at this point, Josh. No, a little <laughs> bit more ambitious than us. A little bit more motivated. I mean, the list goes on. But 
they they did a great job. They did a recap show on the Clash, and they 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 were there. The give them a listen, check them out. That that kind of will fill in the blanks for you. Yeah, we weren't there, and I couldn't watch the matches because I didn't have Wi-Fi. Right. Yeah, we're we're spread out all over. We're there. So there were many tournaments last weekend. Three big ones were the Clash, the Cheesehead, and National Duels in Cedar Falls. We're at the two not named the Clash. Yes, and neither one of us had great. Um, data situations to keep up with all of the others. You know, I I kept up with Cash and some other kids at the Cheesehead, but I didn't even keep up with all the Cheesehead. And I had a tough time outside of my Chatfield connection keeping up with all the Clash. You know, so, yeah, we I, all the data was old by the time I, I got around to seeing any of it. So, if you... If you're a fan of the Clash and you want to hear more Clash stuff, go check out JB Takes his last episode. But I got to clear the air a little bit with those guys. Yes, we do. There's some. Go ahead. Well, the they talked about um, you know us. I don't know roasting them or something like that on our last episode. We that wasn't you and I. No, no, that was not. It was not Alan Josh. And I mean, look, if if it's deserved, we'd be happy to. But we didn't. You simply were were relaying some information that you received. I was literally relaying information I received from a guy named Brandon Lundy, who's from Zambroda, and uh, rest for Zambroda Mazeppa, and you know maybe threw a little dirt their way, and maybe ruffled some feathers. Maybe that was not the intent, but uh, well, it certainly wasn't our intent. It was not our whether intent. or not it was Lundy's. I don't know. Yeah, well, that's a, that's on him. That's on him. We'll have to ask him. That is, we will ask him, and we. We have to maybe maybe drag him onto the show. I mean, we don't do this often, uh, but we may actually have to drag at least a, a short interview uh, with him on on this thing. See if we can clear some of this up. Yeah, a little bit of like a phone interview. Get him to you know clear the air. We don't want him battling with these guys down there because well, we we don't mind if he does. We just don't want to be in the middle of it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we and well, we don't want to be. The, well, we could be the cause of it too, but well, I mean, yeah, I mean it is what it is. We, but it, it was not the opinion. No, that was not. It was literally you were just passed on some info you had. Yeah, and in all fairness, so as I was talking to Brandon, trying to line up a time for him to come on the show, he was going to come on tonight, but something came up, and um, he said he can't make it. So he's going to work, you know, maybe next maybe next time we meet, we'll have him on. All right. But he is headed this weekend. He's headed to Goodhue for a youth wrestling tournament. Okay. And we don't, it's not too often we mention youth wrestling tournaments because there's a gazillion of them. Right. But if you're interested in the, the Brandon Lundy versus Kyle Haneke and Logan Brewer saga. Right. I And you have a youth wrestler. It might be worth going. It'd be worth going. Head to, head to Goodhue this weekend, Goodhue High School. And look, if you ask around in that gym, people are going to know who at least one or two of these three are. Oh, like yeah, you can you, you can identify these folks early, even if you don't know them, and keep an eye on them. Because yes. at some point, there's going to be one or more conversations, and it could get interesting. Oh, and it, it, like I say, if you've got a youth wrestler, head this way. Yes. As I look here on the on the open tournament calendar on the guillotine, which is a great resource for a place to you know find a tournament to bring your kids to. It just so happens that on January 13th, Saturday, there is the Bryce and Tim Brewer Memorial Tournament in Goodhue. Yep. And I believe Bryce and Tim are Logan Brewer's brother and dad. So it's a memorial tournament. It's a 
I, I'm under, I'm told it's really well run and you know just a great youth wrestling tournament. Weigh-ins for pre-K through second are from eight to eight forty-five. They wrestle at nine, and then third through sixth grade is from ten fifteen to ten forty-five. They wrestle at eleven. Four-person round robins. The cost is fifteen dollars. It's a memorial tournament. If you if you're looking for a tournament to bring your kid to this weekend, kindergarten through sixth grade, preschool through sixth grade, bring them down to Goodhue. Check it out. And if you can ruffle any feathers for us, please do. Feel free. Look for Brandon Lundy. He is the guy. He's who... probably the guy. Yeah, he's the, he's the one to, to need a little bit. Well, he's bull-legged below the knees, so <laughs> you'll you'll be able to you'll be able to see him walk. You'll you'll recognize us. I don't know. I have no idea what Logan and Kyle look like, but ask around. You'll get directed that way. Right. And oh. we'll get Lundy on. We'll get him on a call. Maybe our next episode when we got a chance. Like there was a. Yeah, he, I mean, tonight. it was, we literally had him lined up for tonight and um, something came up, right? He he had to back out last He's second. A volunteer firefighter and he got a medical call and so yeah. he's not going to be able to be on. Oh, I hope there's no other podcasts that have problems with this, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> well, is there? Is I mean, there's, there could be. Right? There could be. There, I mean, yeah, that, that that is a miscommunication. It was not our social media guy keeps keeps contacting me, telling me that we're being like quoted in in some video tweets and what some extravagant, very technical video tweets of some sort. Well, is this is this? Wait a minute, hang on a second. Are we talking? Is this the Teague Fenwick from? The I believe Wisconsin it's Wrestling Teague. One? Yes. Like, so apparently, Teague, who we're good friends with, right? The Wisconsin Wrestling Podcast is a great resource for us. They took exception to you. Apparently on our last episode, you said it was a about- benign comment. It was. <laughs> what time was your podcast? It was. It was a- live. It was a live release show. What time was it? It was at eleven a.m. on a Saturday or Sunday. It was on like a Thursday. Oh, it was during the week. <laughs> during the week, yeah, it was okay. a Thursday, right? <laughs> and so, if you know, if our listeners don't know what we're talking about, Al gave him a little bit of a hard time for. You know, you know, you were you're questioning why he wasn't at work or something, right? Well, I I wondered if he was retired, if he didn't work, or yeah. So <laughs> he might be a second shift guy. I don't know. Anything is possible. And 11 a.m. is is some, I'm working at 11 a.m. normally. Yeah, but, well, me too. Usually, um, not always, but usually. Look, Teague clarified it, right? In fairness, he he said he piled up vacation days. He's a rest. He loves wrestling. Loves it. And so he piled up his vacation days, and he took one on that day, right, for that release show. So it's not that he doesn't have a job. He's not a hobo. He does not have, like, a little stick with a, a bandana Sack. with some goodies wrapped around the end of it. As far as I know, Teague is gainfully employed. He, he is. He is, and he loves wrestling and promoting wrestling. Right. So Al, Al you know, says what... Teague and Steve do on their on their podcast, and I, and I think it's a lot of fun when they when they're um, doing a tournament preview. They always pick a winner who they think is going to win each weight, and so typically Al and myself don't do that. We like when they do it because it's Wisconsin kids, but we don't like picking. I don't know, Al. What would you say? We just don't like picking Minnesota kids against Minnesota kids for. Well, that that's the exact thing, right? Like we. Um... If we pick a kid to win, that means we're picking one or more kids to lose. And in general, right, we one of our mantras is is positivity, right? We're positive. And and as much as we know the some of the great intrigue about about wrestling as a sport is that there's 
two men enter or two wrestler, two athletes enter, one wins, one loses, right? So yeah. someone always loses, but we don't like to dwell on it, and so we we typically don't pick favorites or or uh, winners of stuff. And and I I love that they do, and it, it makes for a great great listen. It's just not our thing, and what um, I appreciate that they do it, and it gives us something to talk about. And where we're going with this, as we're listening to, um, actually, my man, James Salas, he sent me a text message, and he, it was a bunch of laughing emojis. Speaking of instigators. He is an instigator, man. isn't he? If you see that guy, if, if, if we'll get back to this. Hang right. on a second. No, I better not say this. Um, he is an instigator, though. But So he's listening to, to the Wisconsin Wrestler podcast as they're doing their picks, and he sends me a, a text message with a bunch of laughing emojis, and I'm like, what's up? And he's like, oh, man, Teague's roasting you guys. And I'm like, roasting us? What for? And he says, well, because Al mentioned that Teague thought Teague didn't have a job, which we know now is not true. But so as they were doing their picks, they they alternate who gets to pick first. Yep. And um, Steve LeCourne picked um, Wyatt Duchateau from Arrowhead, Wisconsin, to sure. win the Cheesehead. Great pick. You know, he's two-time state champ from Wisconsin, head to the U of M next year. Great pick. One and seed, probably, right? He was a one seed, yeah. And um, Teague, Teague ended up going with Danny Heiser from Evansville, Wisconsin, who was the four seed. And he said, he goes, I, you know, I got to pick against, he goes, I basically got to pick against, I can't pick Cash because Josh is co-host on the <laughs> Alan Josh show, so I didn't have a job. So when I went back, and I then, you know, I was listening to it on my drive somewhere. Yep. And I was laughing so freaking hard because his delivery was great. And, oh, man, it was it was fun. So if you're – those guys are a good listen. And, you know, we don't have a we – have a, we have a fair enough crossover between Minnesota and Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean, um, between the, the Eau Claire Husky invite and the dual tournament and the Cheesehead and the Bi-State yeah. and some Wisconsin teams come to the Christmas tournament and the Clash. And, I mean, there's – there's some, it's not every week, but there's some crossover there. Yeah, and especially the, like the holiday season around there. Right. If you're looking for more content, tune into them. They do a great job. They, they're, they're like us, just probably, you know. Am I, I'm sensing a theme. Are they also more professional than Probably us, a little Josh? more professional. <laughs> probably do a little bit more homework. <laughs> A little more research. There are, you know, their technical uh, team is slightly superior to ours. Yeah, their social media team is way. Yeah, it's not even close. <laughs> but they're a, it's another outlet to go check. You know, go listen to. You know, except for hey Teague, do me a favor. Do stop encouraging Salas, okay? Like that right? guy is trouble. That guy doesn't need encouragement. He does not. Right? Like he's he's just fine on his own. Yeah. Without someone egging him on yeah, to not, pick on people like Josh. Do not egg him on. Exactly. Those guys are trying to. Coordinate a wrestling match next year at the uh, Husky Invite, and I'll I'll tell you what, like I mean, a three minute match seems a little long for me, but if T can make the weight class, there's no way that guy's making minimum weight class of dad bod. Yeah, I mean he is far from yeah, dad bod. he's way too skinny. So, the guy's got to put on way too much weight by next year to make your minimum weight class. Yeah, if, if he if he can get to dad bod status, I'm all for it. Right, but I do think we adjust the length of the match to. Closer to two minutes than three. Yeah, there's no sense getting carried away. No, gosh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. So that that's a maybe bit even of, go four thirty second periods with a minute break between. I don't know. That's I'm just throwing idea. that out that's there. That's not a bad idea. 
If Teague makes the minimum weight, I'm down. This, so this is a little bit of a Twitter beef. What's the nearest team. buffet for Teague? Because he's got some work to do. Well, so Teague, I believe Teague lives in Holman. Okay. And over in La Crosse, there's the North Country Steak Buffet. Excellent. I mean, literally, all you can eat steak. I, I like it. That Teague, you need to start heading that way. <laughs> I mean, it's, Twice a week. You know, Al, for those people who people don't know, Al basically only eats meat. That's <laughs> so when he says he likes it, he's not kidding. <laughs> oh man, really prefers red meat. So, <laughs> so speaking of the cheesehead, Josh. Yeah. Who was leading uh, after seeding and before any matches were wrestled? Because that's always my most interesting question. Certainly. Second day of the tournament, I get more interested in, in real wrestling, but there's always a point leader before matches are wrestled. Yeah. It Who was, was it this year? They, this year it was Warren Township, Illinois. All right. They were up 14. They had 14 points, and um, they yeah, they had the lead 14 to nothing over the rest of the field. Yeah, that's a, that's a healthy lead. That is a healthy lead. Um, unfortunately for Warren Township, they didn't hold up. up. Did not hold did up. Not. They ended up finishing in ninth. Um, Southeast Polk out of Iowa, they kind of ran away with it. When I say ran away with it, they beat Joliet Catholic by, call it 90 points. And then St. Charles East, Illinois, they beat them by 100-something. And, and fourth place was Simley, and fifth place was Cass and Manorville. And the teams that I care about are from Minnesota, so I'm going to mention them. Yep. And 11th place was Wyzetta out of, or was Wyzetta. And then Farmington... I think Farmington and uh, St. Thomas Academy were like 28th and 30th, I want to say. I'm kind of going off memory here. But they had some, some, some strong individual performances. But as far as the team race, they were just, you know, that's a pretty tall order for them yeah, to compete absolutely. In, a, in a team race. So we talked, you know, I don't want to, you know, beat the drum too much, the Simley drum. We were... You know, I myself, I was hoping Simley could win the tournament, be the first team to win it four years in a row. Right. After day one, Southeast Polk kind of had that locked down. Did they have duels the night before? They did not they this did year. Not, no, no duels at all? No duels at all. No, but that was, I don't know, I know it to your, to the chagrin of you. You should have convinced Southeast Polk to wrestle, I don't know, two local colleges or something the night before, really beat those guys up before they start wrestling. Well, I don't know why the <laughs> heck they didn't wrestle Joliet Catholic and St. Charles East the night before. Right, I mean, right. That would, been, that would have been a good good try. Um, or even Cass and Maryville could have gotten the mix sure, of that. You know, right. like, what the heck? But so Southeast Polk rolled into Saturday of that tournament with, they had, you know, 10 out of their 14 weights were undefeated. And basically, if you're not familiar with the, the bracketing system at the Cheesehead, that that kind of means they're going to have 10 guys placed in the top eight, and they're going to score a ton of points. Um, so that was kind of kind of disheartening for me as a Minnesota wrestling fan and a Simley wrestling fan. You know, if, if Simley can't win it, I'd love to see Casson win it. I'd love to see Wyzetta win it. I'd love to see St. Thomas or Farmington. Anyone but Southeast Polk, and uh, but they, you know, hats off to them. They got it done. Even though Al, you're probably gonna have to find this hard to believe, they were without their head coach because I believe he got suspended for you know, accosting an official at the Kansas City Stampede or somewhere else. So oh boy. yeah, so they were, you know, left. You know, Jasmine Smith was coaching their squad, and you know, he's not always quiet with the officials. But they did have a really nice tournament. As much as I like to tease them, um, they are they're hard to beat in that situation. Um, 
Minnesota kids did well. You know, we had a we had a bunch of placers. We had a, you know, we had what did I, I tweeted this. I think we had five finalists. Okay. Um, yeah, five or six. I remember I saw your tweet. Yeah, that was one of the. You know, it took me like forty minutes to get that tweet sent out. But at one hundred and seven pounds, Rex Ashford from Cass Manorville took ninth. Wyatt Coonan from Wyzetta took seventh, and Turner Ross, he made the championship. He ended up taking second, and he lost. Turner's from Simley. He lost on a step over in like the last ten seconds of the match. Oh was, no! Oh, it's pretty heartbreaking. He actually had. He had been riding for a minute 50, dropped to a leg, and, and, the, and the kid he was wrestling was really long, stepped over, and, and scored a take to, or a reversal, a reversal with very short time left. So that was, that was a bummer. At 113 pounds and 16th place, Callan Anderson from Casson took 16th. And third place was Austin Jervinsky of Simley. Grizz had a great tournament. He just, you know... Ran into a tough guy in the semis and was one of the it was Ethan Bast. Yeah, at 120, we actually had a, we had six placers there. 22nd place was Spencer Myers of Cass Manorville. 21st was Tyler Shenevert of Farmington. 11th was Aiden Mincy of Simley. Fourth was Grayson Egham of St. Thomas Academy. Third was Le now. I'm going to throw this in there. Liam Neitzel of Hudson. He's from Wisconsin, obviously. Hudson, Minnesota? No, he's oh. from Hudson, Wisconsin, but he trains in Minnesota a ton. Okay. And he wrestled, you know, some two really good matches with Agam. He's, it's worth mentioning him. And Luke Coonan took second. Coonan and Wyzetta. Yep. I'm going to rewind just a smidge to Neitzel. That was another close finals, wasn't it? Oh, it was super close. And, he, okay, Coonan lost to... Carter Pearson from Southeast Polk in overtime in the it was in the 3030s. Yeah. And Carter Pearson, well, you know what? It actually, it was a stall call that sent it into overtime. No way. Yes. Southeast Polk kid got called for stalling with like five seconds left. So I'm scrolling through the uh results here, and it was 2-1 in the tiebreakers. Yeah. So that means it was 1-1. So um who got called for stalling? The kid from Iowa. Got called from stalling with five seconds left. Yeah, well, it was more like maybe two or three seconds left. The second stall call? Yes. The point. Was he riding at the time? No, he was on his feet. He was going backwards. I mean, so he, he picked neutral? He, yeah. 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 So, so Pearson never took one shot the whole match. Picked neutral and didn't shoot. So he had four minutes, including half of it, which was his choice to go neutral. Plus, after Coonan got away in the second, and he still never shot? No, nope. Pearson got away. I'm re I got to rewind here. Oh, Pearson, Pearson got away. Pearson got away, had a 1-0 lead. Yep. Coonan. Okay, I'm going to say this. And I'm going to sound a little bit like a homer. Okay. But he, he kind of chased him around the mat. Sure. You know, it wasn't it wasn't egregious, but it's hard to wrestle a guy when he's going backwards. Yeah, right, right. And, you know, a lot of times Iowa people, you know, they want stalling, they want stalling, they want stalling. Well, they, they, weren't, they weren't asking for it in this match, oddly enough. Well, if they're not asking for it, Josh, yeah, we're going a, two steps the other direction. They're I'm, clearly stalling themselves. I mean, so Luke's trying to wrestle a kid who is li – he literally took zero – Pearson took zero shots that match. Wow. That um, – so the official ended up sending the match into overtime or – uh, well, good for him. That's not an easy call to make, right? No, it's not. A as an official to, to send it to overtime, but it sounds like it was clearly deserved. Oh, so clearly deserved. And the, the the official refing that match is a college ref, by the way. Okay. So he's been around the block a yeah. time or two. He yeah. knows what's going on. 
That match went into overtime, and Luke ended up losing on the 30-30 rideouts. Right. And um, it was kind of a bummer. Just, you know, we would, Minnesota fans want to see that, see him win that match. But he just came up just, a, you know, sure. one point short. So I, I interrupted you there. You were going to talk about Neitzel. Well, keep an eye on him. He's a junior, and he's my, he's my favorite to win his bracket next year at this tournament. Okay. He kid is 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 a go-getter i watched i watched pretty much all of his matches and he is tough on top okay like so he yeah I, i'm just gonna say that like is yeah, i was i've watched him wrestle a ton over the years and i know him because he comes to minnesota to train a, a ton being right on the river there and he'll be a fun guy to keep an eye on nice okay then we're going to go into 126. Okay. In 20th place from Castle Manorville, Kaimani Bent. In 8th place from St. Thomas Academy, Thomas Holmquist. In 3rd place, Jake Koss of Simley. Now, this is another guy that you got to keep an eye on. I, I'm, I get kind of spoiled because I get to see him often. But the tournament he had is, was impressive. He, his only loss was in the semifinals in the ultimate tiebreaker. Oh, man. And this would be interesting. I'd like to get an official's take on this because he was wrestling a kid from Coweta, Oklahoma. And Jake had choice in the ultimate tiebreaker. He took down. So he scored first during the match? Scored so first he got during choice. the match. Yep. And the kid from Coweta dives to a, jumps to an Oklahoma cradle. Okay. Or or we could we call it um, a Merkel? Right. Or what else we call it? What's another name? A side headlock? Some cobra and some a cobra, circles. yes, yeah. So a cobra. So if you're from Iowa, you call it an Oklahoma cradle. If you're from Oklahoma, you call it a cobra. If you're from Minnesota, you call it a Merkel. He jumps to that position without a legged. Just a side headlock pier. Just a side headlock. Nothing but like a... a, a they actually changed the rules in college based on this exact move in the NCAA finals a while you, back. Can you elaborate on this? Well, I mean, it was it was actually another Oklahoma guy, right? No way. <laughs> Shocker. Uh, yeah, so essentially, um, you know, over the years, they've in college and high school, they they the goal is for action to make it enjoyable and whatever. And they they had a situation where in the NCAA finals, uh, and I can't remember who it was. I'll think of it probably after we record. But um, – kid was from Okie State and he would jump to that side headlock immediately and then just belly down and he was super strong he would pull the elbow out in front kind of put the guy's armpit to the mat and just hang out there right and um the referees would end up calling stalemates they weren't calling for stalling and and they've now in college that's actually now similar to dropping to an ankle so if you're on top and you grab an ankle like in an ankle bust you got a five count to, to do something with it or let it go. So if you grab the ankle, drive them down to their belly, let go, that's fine. But if you grab an ankle, just hang on. The referee is going to be counting one, two. If he gets to five, that's a stalling call the top guy. Well, same deal with this side headlock, right? It, it, it certainly can be an offensive move, but it's a very easy place to hang out and stall. So in college, if he grabs that side headlock, the referee is going to start counting one, too. If he gets to five, it's a stalling call. Yep. And um, and they don't call a ton of stalling on top in college. Like we said, there's a little more this year. But um, so anyhow, that's a sidetrack. But 
you mentioned this kid jumps to the side headlock, and that is is a well-established stalling position. You can you can be offensive with it, but you can also very easily stall with it. So if you're not offensive and turn in a guy and you hang in it, it should be a stalling call. Yes, and I would not. I'm not just saying this. If anyone anyone who knows me, it, it's not a it's not a like a simly homer thing. I would. This could be. This could literally be Kamani Bent from Cast Manorville, and I would I would still right. touch on this because the kid jumps to a side headlock and literally goes the tightest side headlock you ever seen for until there's 12, 12 seconds left on the clock and never never throws in that near leg and like pulls him over the top. Never even starts tugging to pull over the top. He just like did he stretch Casa's elbow out in front of him and kind of put his armpit to the mat like just absolutely grunt it into a stall? No, they're on their feet. Oh, from the feet. They're, they were on their feet. He literally jumped, and they were on their feet, and he just sat there and, and basically choked them out, right, for lack of better terms, uh, just squeezed. And the, as the clock ticked down, the, and then the ref stopped it with a stalemate at, with 12 seconds remaining. And so we got a restart. Well, on the restart, guess what position the kid ran to again? Jumps to that side headlock. Jumps to that side headlock. The clock ticks down, 12 down to nothing. Match over, he wins. He got the ride out from the side headlock position. Yeah, it was, it was just... So wait, so you said he got the ride out? Because it wasn't the ultimate, it was in the ultimate tiebreaker. But you said he was on their feet. Well, because as he grabs that side headlock, yeah, they were not on the mat anymore. But they started on the mat. They started on the they mat. They started with Koss on the bottom and the kid on top. And he grabbed a side headlock as Jake's standing up. Yeah. And they never called stalling? Never. There was a stalemate. There was a stalemate call with 12 seconds left. You know, that's interesting, right? Because in that tiebreaker, we've talked to a couple officials about this in the past. In, yep. that, in that last 30 seconds, it's no longer, the top man is no longer responsible for trying to turn. Correct. Which it, the rest of the match, top man, in theory, is supposed to try to turn. And we've had high, very high level very high level officials talk about typically even if a guy just grabs a deep waist and an ankle they'll probably stalemate it before they call him for stalling yeah but they will call him for stalling this one's different it's so one of the things interesting here is if jake gets to his feet i don't care what period of the match it is you have to try to return him like i have a hard time believing that a referee is going to come on sorry re return yeah. You have to return them to the mat. Yeah. I have a hard time thinking, and we'll ask some, some officials, I have a hard time thinking that um, you can let a guy stand up and just, you know, hang in a deep way. So if you have him around the, around the belly, you're behind him, just stand up there for 15 seconds. Like, they're not going to let you do that. Even in the ride out, when no. you're no longer required to try to turn them, you can't just stand behind them. Well, this is the same deal. That side same headlock thing, same is the same. I just got a head and an arm. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was a little frustrating as a Minnesota wrestling fan because I didn't, I didn't love the way it shook out. Right. And uh, this is clearly... Well, the kid that beat him, right, that, that Ellis kid or whatever is super good, right? We, we get it. Yeah. But you'd rather see good kids get beat by good kids via you know, wrestling. Good, good yeah, solid yeah, wrestling. wrestling. <laughs> um, basic, but... Yeah, so there, and the reason I bring that up is just that I want to I want to highlight the, the the type of tournament that Jake had. That was the one match he lost. Sure. And 
keep an eye on him. And that kid went on to win it, right? He, the kid did, he lost to. And he had a boomer of a headlock on a Southeast Pole kid in the finals. So, so that had to be mixed emotions for you. <laughs> yeah, there was. I don't know if you know what color right? Southeast Polk singlets are, but there was definitely mixed emotions because I'm like, I'm not cheering for this Oklahoma kid. <laughs> well, then he's wrestling a Southeast Polk kid and he was losing and well, he just ripped a nasty lefty headlock. Oh, the Oklahoma kid was losing and ripped a headlock? Yes. Oh, that's actually fun to watch. If you're if you're a disinterest party, like if it's not going to affect your team score and you don't know either wrestler, like, a good kid that's losing against another good kid and just rips a headlock, that's it. fun. It was actually a righty headlock, now that I think about it, but it was early on, maybe in the third period, so there was a lot of time oh, left. Oh, yeah. And uh, obviously the kid from Oklahoma, the kid from Coeta, he he was familiar with the situation. With that, right. you know, it's like, well, when the kid from Southeast Polk's... Not his first head and arm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so that, was, that, that was a little more fun for me to watch the finish of that, but... You know, then, Al, as we go on to 132 pounds, this bracket, this bracket was insane. There was actually, I think there was seven state champs, defending state champs in this bracket. Whoa. And the two seed was not one of them. What? Yeah, Logan Swenson from Wyzetta, he, he took, he ended up taking second. He does not have a, cha- a state championship under his uh, belt yet. I do not believe... Um, I probably should have fact-checked that. I'm just going off memory right now. So sorry, Logan, sorry if I'm wrong. I apologize. But, yeah, he, I mean, just an absolute crazy bracket. Unbelievable. And he, he, beat, the, he beat a defending champ in the semis, and it came down. It went to the rideouts also, went to overtime. And he was about to get a reversal, and he was wrestling a, a Wolbert. He's a kid from Wisconsin. And Wilbert maybe figure forward the head. Okay. You know, in a scramble that yep. he was he was literally he was about to give up a reversal to Swenson. It was just gonna happen. Like right. unfortunately for him, it was gonna happen. But he, he ended up figure fouring the head, giving up a penalty point, and so he only lost gave up one instead of two there. But you could see as that match went on, Swenson was was not getting tired. Sure. And Wolbert was like, oh, man, this guy, this, this guy means, uh, this guy just keeps coming at me. Man, I scrolled down just to the placers here, the top 20 or whatever. Holy buckets. There's a lot of names I know. Oh, that bracket is, I mean, it is. No doubt. It is crazy. I mean, give me a couple names. Let's, like. Uh, well, can, Davino won it, right? Yeah, and what's he ranked? I think he's ranked, like, number one nationally at yeah, that weight. Yeah, very, very highly. I, I look down like Justice Je- Jessaroga. There's not a lot of, there's not a whole bunch of names, family names that are bigger than I. Well, he got seventh. Yeah. Right. Um, Wolbert, you mentioned uh, Peters, right from Kakana. Yeah, he's a he's going to the University of Indiana next year. He's a defending state champ. And what he lost in the quarters? Yeah, man, that that was a bracket. You're to not kidding. Thomas Verrett from Ponderosa. Colorado, I believe he's a state champ. Rowan Carey from Mineral Point, he, you know, he had a Davino first round. That's a that's a pretty tall order. <laughs> um, yeah, Kellen Wolbert versus Justice Rowe, you mentioned that one. Uh, obviously, I'm very high on Justice Hague. Hag. He, uh, for an eighth grader, for him to go in and weather the storm of this bracket, you know, he ended up taking 10th place, and right behind him, 
was Aiden Frederick of Cass and Manorville. Yeah. Those guys, that, that bracket was by far the toughest bracket in that tournament. I mean... Do just, they have a, they have an OW? They do. They do, and the OW was a heavyweight. When we get there, I'll... Yeah, yeah. we'll not spoil that with names, but uh, that was a one versus two nationally, so that doesn't surprise me. Right. I mean, the, if if it, that heavyweight bracket wasn't loaded top-heavy like it was, that this, OW would have came out of this bracket. Yeah, I believe it. And then Zach Olson of Farmington, he ended up taking 21st place, and I got the chance to watch a couple of his matches, and... <laughs> They were entertaining. No doubt. They were. like this, His wrestling style is slightly or, unorthodox, slightly scrappy, and very entertaining. Yeah, his older brother, Dylan, kind of was similar. So the, Zach's a senior this year. Yeah. Right? And Dylan did not have, like, um, you know, mountains of success from seventh grade on. It's not like he had, had 200 match wins by the time he was a senior or whatever. And by the time he got to be a junior and a senior, Dylan really had some things figured out, and he was aggressive and exciting and fun to watch. And, um, you know, Zach is there too, right? He's a senior, but he he gets after it. Yeah, it was it's some entertaining matches, man. Like, fun one to watch because – you don't know what's going to happen next. At 138 pounds in 11th place was Owen Frederick from Cass and Manorville. Ninth place from St. Thomas Academy was Gabe Cohn. Sixth place, avid listener of the show, uh, James Salas's second oldest son, Emilio Salas Assembly. He took sixth. He had a, a fantastic tournament. He's done really well at the Cheesehead over the last couple of years. And in third place was Davis Perro of Farmington. Davis had a Davis had a, a wild match in the, his third place match, and I think it was tied with short time to go, and he hit a cutback. Yeah. To for a late take takedown. Down points. Yeah, it was you know takedown and back points. That was he wrestled really well. His only loss in the tournament was to the eventual champion, um, Tyler Guerra from St. Charles East. Sure. And Guerra's no slouch. He came into the tournament. He's he's a senior with a thirty and one record, and he he maybe maybe had just a, a little too much experience for Perro, but Perro came back and say had a great finish. And Emilio Salas, he's you know he's down a weight from where he was at the Christmas tournament, and I think he's kind of found his fighting weight. He looked he looked, he looked really good. good there. Yeah, nice. he did. A very nice tournament for for Mo Perro and and Salas both sophomores, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They so they're they're going to be around for a while. At 144 pounds, 19th place was Ethan Mengawi from Farmington. 15th place Josiah Soliday of St. Thomas. Eighth place Derek Dolman, the senior from Simley, had himself a heck of a tournament. And seventh place Jonah Coleman from Casson Manorville. So, you know, something to keep an eye on as we get, you know, a little further down the road here. The uh, got to give a, a shout-out to Derek. He set the – probably mentioned this already on the show, but he is the all-time tackle right. leader at Simley High School. Nice. And he's wrestling 144 pounds. Yeah, not 184 or 210 or yeah, – Yeah, 144. <laughs> at 150 pounds, one of my favorite brackets, in 20th place was Tyler Sullivan of Farmington. Fifth place was Joey Kennedy of Cass and Manorville, and first place was Cash Raymond of Simley. That was a fun one for me. The, uh, 
see. Josh, how, how exciting was it? Look, every match is exciting, right? But um, the stick figure said that uh, that first place match was not a lock from the get-go. Is that true? That was no. That was definitely not a lock from the get-go. And, and that was the match, actually, that um, Tegan predicted, essentially, right? Well, Cash yeah. and Heiser. He said he was taking Heiser, I yeah. believe, and he mentioned Cash, so clearly he was in the front of his mind. So Teague kind of called this final. You, you could say that, I guess. I yeah. mean, he did. And and Danny Heiser is, I mean, he's a freaking tough dude. He's two-timer, two right? Two-timer from Wisconsin, undefeated, you know, going into this tournament, and he was buzz on his way through the tournament. And um, just, you know, I feel like we should almost talk about this. Because not not very often, but sometimes we're critical of the way people are in the stands. Right. And there's a chance for us to be critical of me. This match maybe Oh, hold on. Let's do this twice. Well, I don't think I'm doing twice. I have to enjoy it. But this match maybe brought out the worst in me just a little bit. Like what happened? Well, we've watched countless wrestling matches together. We have. We have. And you know, we usually kind of have the same approach to them while they're going on. We just not you know. You know, we maybe say something under our breath about what our kids could be doing differently or what we think would help our maybe, kids. Maybe even to our spouse and or buddy next to us. Yes. Not super loud. Not super loud. And, and it's it really like, oh, my gosh. Certainly nothing negative loud. No, never, never. Well, luckily for us, the, the Danny Heiser's parents and family we're sitting like four rows behind us during this match. And, you know, we're sitting in the, the very top of the bleachers. We're sitting by the cast of Manorville fans, um, you know, cheering for their kids. Or Sure. I think they're cheering for our kids. Yeah. And, you know, just seeing Minnesota kids do well. But behind them were the, the Evansville, Wisconsin fans. And there was, I'll, I'll call it like maybe an uncle or a grandpa or something, a Danny's. Of course it was. You know, some some relation, you know, like, you know, obviously, mom and dad. Like, if if my parents are there and they're chirping, I can't control what they say. I mean, right, I always right. like it, but I can't control it. And I'm not certainly not gonna. There's nothing we can do about it during the time. But so in that match, Cash had gotten taken down and was getting written out. And immediately, this grandpa uncle situation, he starts yelling, chirping for a stall call. Wants a stall call. Wants a stall call. And it's like, well, I mean, are you sure this is Evanson? Was or Evansville, Wisconsin, not Evansville, Iowa? It sounds like an Iowa thing. Well, it does sound like an Iowa thing. I mean, it's close to it's close to Iowa. But immediately, Illinois, chirp, chirp, chirp. Yeah, and like, you know, I, I, Danny's very good on top, and they wanted a re- sure. I think they wanted a reaction out of the bottom wrestler and the officials, and, you know, nothing happens, whatever. First, first period ends, yada, yada, nothing. Well, the second period, same thing. Guys just just chirping and his voice is just carrying Jolena's Jolena's actually not that enjoyable to watch a wrestling match with when <laughs> as it gets later in the tournament because our feet start ta- you know top you know stomping on the on the bleachers and you know she's yelling and screaming positive stuff but right, right. it's like oh my gosh can you settle down just a smidge but so this this guy is still yelling the stuff you know what's he doing on bottom right know, just laying there and whatever you know well, Jolene gets up. She goes, I can't take this anymore. She's got to walk away. She oh, walks she leaves. Away. She leaves. She, she, well, she didn't leave very single. Right, right, but she... She walked like eight feet to as far away as she could. Maybe enough to let the guy know it was irritating. Yeah. Like but, if he's paying attention. And I, I don't think he cared, which no. is totally fine. Um, Cash gets hit for stalling. 
whatever. It's a stall warning, no big deal. And 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 to be honest, probably a, a fair call. Sure. But the the period ends, and you know they go into third period. Cash is losing six to four. Yeah. And he ended up getting, you know, a, he was not losing. Uh, yeah, six to four would be right. Six to four. Because well, I saw a tweet mentioning the third period statistic. Well, so yeah, they, they, their gas tanks were at different levels going into the third period, I would say. And Cash ended up getting three takedowns in the third period and winning the match 10 and 9. Yeah. Was it 10 and 9? So yeah. got, got an escape and then three takedowns. And that was like really like it was the three takedowns were in maybe like a minute 15. Right. Somewhere like that, you know, like. And I, I'm sure there was about 45 seconds left when he got this last takedown to take the lead 10 to 9. Yep. And he's no slouch on top. He's tough on top. So I was... And clearly the kid started to run out of gas, right? Oh, oh if you would have seen the last takedown, man. <laughs> he, was, he was definitely out of gas. And here's where I say here, that, that this brought out the worst to me, because normally I would not do this. And I feel like we should talk about it, because if, if there's times we'll, I'm going to we'll talk about... We'll admit our faults. Yes. And if I'm going to talk about other people doing similar things, yep. let's talk about me doing it. So gets that final takedown, goes up 10 to 9. About 15 seconds... Are, they go off the clock, so there's like, call it 30 seconds left in the okay. match. And I was pretty confident, judging by the... Felt like the rideout was coming. The rideout was coming. And it felt like the, the ref was... There wasn't... The ref wasn't going to get too involved after, you know, three takedowns just yeah. happened in a minute 15. So I kind of leaned back and I Hard yelled. to call the top guy for stalling after three quick takedowns, right? Like, he's going to eat his whistle and... Yeah. I mean, rightfully so. Rightfully so. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, so I, you know, I sat back and I just kind of, I just said, I returned the favor and I said, what's he doing on bottom? You know? Oh, I love it. It was, it's not my style, but it felt warranted for yeah. sure. And then, yeah, the match ended with the kid on bottom and cash one ten to nine. So it was very fun for a dad, mom and dad, even though they weren't, we weren't sitting together. Yeah. And, what a tournament. Oh, wow. It was cool, man. It was super fun. Such a meat grinder. Oh, it's nasty. And, yeah, but just very, very fun. And like I said, it brought out the worst of me. Like, normally I would not say that stuff. Well, look, I mean, um, everybody's human, right? People grind on you long enough, and, and everybody reacts in some way or another. And Jolene reacted one way. She tried to get away from it. Yeah. You know, and you ignored it for as long as you could, and then you reacted the other way. Well, and how can you not in that situation? I don't like, blame you. Like, I, I mean, it was, it was just, to me, felt so appropriate. It's like, well, you said it 71 times. Yeah. I'm going to say it once. Right. And it felt fitting. Right. And you can almost see the referee smiling around his whistle. <laughs> yeah, he was not. He was not getting involved. Oh, and that, that was 150 pounds, right? That was 150 Probably a pretty pounds. good weight class for cash. Yeah. Yeah, I think Probably so. It feels decent there. Yeah, that was, um, you know, I didn't have to make the weight, but... I think it's, I don't remember him whining about it too much at the house. So, yeah, it's probably, you know, as he goes into college next year, and we'd like to, he probably wants to get bigger. Of course. But it's a good weight for him right now. So, nice. As we roll into 157, in 13th place for Simley was Judah Haig. 12th place was Eden Davis of Farmington. He had a great tournament. He beat uh, Dean Hammity's little brother, split matches with him. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. He had, and the one he won was, was awesome. It was in overtime, I think. Had a really nice tournament. And fourth place was Luke Swanson out of Cass and Manorville. 
who I met Luke's dad, Mitch, in the stands, like maybe even a nicer guy than you, Al. Oof. All which right. Is, is, is hard to believe. I but, can believe it, but. Yeah, like, very, very nice guy. Easy to BS wrestling about. Made it really easy to cheer for the Casson kids, too. It was like nice. Very supportive. Well, and look, for years, right, Simley Casson was a duke it out in the section finals in section one to oh. try to make it a team state. And, and then that ended finally. And you're still going to wrestle them. There's still going to be some animosity or whatever. But you go to the Cheesehead, you got to stick together. You're yeah. at the Clash, you got to stick together. Yeah, like us versus them, right? You want to see you want to see local kids. You want to see Minnesota kids do well, right? So it was. I mean, at least anyone we know does. So in that weight class, as I'm just scrolling through names, I see the sixth place wrestler, Josh. Who was that? Do you know? Do you have do you have the finish in front of you? In the sixth the sixth place. Yeah, he's from Kakana. What would his last name be if he's from Kakana? I do not have it in front of me, but it's probably Lee. It is Peyton I'm Lee. It's Lee. Uh, they still roll. I realize that's not an uncommon name in general, but are they still rolling Lee's out over there? Oh, yeah. Are they, they like are. on nephews of wrestlers that wrestled six years ago, or what's going on? I don't know the I don't know the details on that. It as you, since you brought them up, I, I got to give my daughter Charlie a little little shout out here because she was in the stands with us. Yep. She came with the watch. She wasn't competing. She was just just being a sister and a fan. And she was super fun to watch wrestling with. And some of the things she pointed out with, I was so impressed. Couldn't be prouder of her and her wrestling acumen. Right. But one of the things that was more fun to me was when she asked if Kakana has any other singlets than the orange ones. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, like, uh, literally, have you ever seen them in a different singlet? No. no. I mean, they're, they're very similar to Oki States. Their warm-ups are very similar to Oki States. Mental note, Josh, when Charlie graduates, remind me like a month beforehand, I was scrolling through some photos this weekend, and I have got some photos from like down in Rochester with her in those little pink singlets. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're adorable. Oh, my oh, God. Gosh. I know that that multi-time state champs look, don't necessarily like to be called adorable, yeah. but these are. <laughs> they're they're, they're going to be good ones for the picture wall. She was so fun to watch wrestling with, and that the... Like, that's something you and I would talk about. Yeah. Like, like literally, like, just, she's like, Dad, do you think Akana even has another singlet? Right? Like, Gabe Arnold, does he have a singlet that fits his thighs? No, they're all super <laughs> loose, right? Like, uh, in that bracket, the third place finisher was Charlie Petit of Wyzetta. And I don't know if you're noticing a theme here or not, but that's the third wrestler that's finished in the top three. Right. That is headed to Augustana next year. I'm just going to mention that, so... Uh, it's a nice, uh, nice recruiting class to jump on top of your second place national finish, right? Yeah, heck yes. Let's pile it on. Uh, at 165 pounds in 20th place was Brooks Borman from St. Thomas. 17th place was David Fable of Wyzetta. 6th place was Bristol Short of Simley. He's another kid next year. Do not count this guy out. Like I would keep an eye on him to compete for a championship. Watched him grow and grow and grow over the last few years and made his way into a sixth-place finish, which is not easy to do there. Right. And he's a, he's a, just a junior, so he'll be back. In second place was Dominic Mann of Casson Manorville. He had an absolutely fantastic tournament. I think he maybe lost 3-2 to two in the finals to a kid from DeKalb, Illinois. Just a really, really... I mean, he he just had a great tournament, you know. He get a guy gets on a roll and has a has a 
a weekend, he he did that. And nice. He was so close. He was very close to winning it, and was another kid just fun to to cheer for and and hope pulled it off. It's a fun way to start the second half of the season, right? Oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, moving on to one hundred and seventy five pounds. Now, bear with me. These are Wisconsin weights, not Minnesota weights. So, I maybe even have some of them wrong <laughs> because I can't keep our weights straight this year, <laughs> right? And then also we go to Wisconsin, they're different. In 20th place was Parker Davis of Simley. In 17th place was Caleb White of Casson Manorville. At 119th and 17th place was Owen Nelson of Casson Manorville. 13th was Danny Martin of Simley. And 8th place was Cole Han Lindemeyer of Farmington. Cole and Danny were actually in the same pool. And Cole got the better of Danny, but then medical forfeited had to medical forfeit out of the tournament after that i hope cole's all right and can make a you know speedy recovery going forward for the post you know the second half of the season here in minnesota yeah he's got the kid that won that bracket is actually super highly ranked nationally and i was looking forward to um you know seeing cole make a run at him yeah it didn't work out second day didn't happen um but yeah like say hopefully he he gets healthy, and we see a uh, you know 100% Cole Hollandemeyer in the postseason, if not before then. Yeah, that would be very. Who who won that bracket, Al? Connor Mirasola. Yeah, he's not bad. Um, where is he going next year? He's, <laughs> he's Penn State recruit. Penn, they they've been okay over the last few years, and and here's another one of those things that I I'll share with you know that my freshman daughter pointed out to me that I appreciated. After he won the championship in that bracket, and I, I think he pinned Brent Slade of Southeast Polk in the finals and maybe the second period or something like that, she pointed out that he was, she goes, Dad, look at that. Mirasola's doing stance in motion right now. I mean, he went from his championship match to... Like out season. in front of everybody, like kind of showing off or showing people? No, the complete opposite. They're behind the bleachers where very few people could actually, you know, and his, his older brother, or not his older brother, I'm sorry, his larger brother, right? the heavyweight Marisola, was there with him. And, they, you know, they were talking through some stuff, and he was like play wrestling slash shadow wrestling slash doing stance in motion where just a handful of people could see him. Yeah. And a lot of times when a guy wins a, a big tournament like that, he's not working on things with his twin brother, like to improve for the next match right. or whatever, you know, whatever they were, their system is. I know, but it was, she's like, dad, look at that. They're doing stance in motion right now. I'm like, oh, wow. That, okay. You know, I will watch this. It was pretty interesting because there wasn't many people that could see that. I might start going to wrestling tournaments, Char, and say you, Josh, I hate well, to tell you. <laughs> we might have to have her as a guest. I mean, she's definitely more insightful than I am. Uh, okay, moving on to... 215 pounds, and 15th place was Dylan Hendrickson of Farmington. In 8th place was Jacob Deutzman of Casson Manorville. And at 285, in 22nd place was Brandon Kerpunski of Simley. 18th place was Casson Winnie of Casson Manorville. And 12th place was Briggs Op of Wyzetta. And that's the weight where the OW came from. Uh, 215? No, no, that's... No. Nope, that, I, 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 I may be rolled through 215 too fast for you. You might have been stretched in there when I said it. Hendrickson of Farmington got 15th place at 215, and Deutzman got, of Casson got 8th place. So now we're getting heavyweight. Heavyweight. We can't just jump right through it, Josh. Well, I did. 
I mean, there's well, no this min- has got the top, literally the top two guys in the country, Coy Hopke and Cole Mirasola. There's no Minnesota. They're literally kids in the number one and two guys in the country, though. Like, I get it's no Minnesota, but we've got to talk about it. this. Is a one versus two in the country are going to meet in this tournament? Well, How a, can we not talk about this? We can, but I mean, uh, I actually, I actually could have won some money betting on this, right? Like on which one of these two is going to win? Yeah, right in the finals. Because look, they're both. Hopke looked in, you know, indestructible. Until yeah. he took a loss at the Christmas tournament. To an we were on unbelievably the, athletic. To a college football player. College football right? player, yes. <laughs> Big old shunky. Yes, Navarro shunky. football K-State. Navarro's, yeah. So, you know, there were there was a lot of people from Wisconsin going one way or the other. And I'm trying to take bets. I'm talking, giving odds and stuff. Oh, yeah, and, you're with Wisconsin people. Yeah, yeah, a lot of Wisconsin people around there. And I'm like, you know, after it happened and I saw the results... I was trying to, to feed people like, I'll give you big odds. You pick. You pick, I'll give you big odds. Before you even pick, I'll, I'll give you like four to one. And if you're like, well, if, and I'm like, I'll let you pick twice. Like, what do you mean twice? I go, you can pick two people. And then they got scared, right? Because as it turns out, Hopkins and Marisola, neither one of them won it. They did not. They, they didn't. Did not they did not actually it. wrestle in the finals, right? Right. That's a, that Marisola lost in the semis to Dylan Johnson of Joliet Catholic. And that dude is an athlete, man. Where's he wrestling next year? Well, he is not wrestling next year. Al, he is kind of going the Navarro Shunky route. He is going to go play college football at the University of Wisconsin. Play like D1 football. Yeah. And so he he had a loss. He was the three seed coming into this tournament because he lost to Mirasola at the Donnybrook. Yeah. Which what was the Donnybrook compared to football season? Well, I if mean, you're going to be close, if right? you're going to compare it to like Minnesota football season, it was like the week after. I don't know. I don't know the Illinois football season. Right. So there is a good. I know where you're going with this. There's a good chance he was still in football shape and not wrestling shape. Yeah. When he lost that match. I would say after what I saw this weekend, he is in wrestling shape. Oh boy. And that dude. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, you knocked out. You knock over the the top two guys in the country at your weight class in one tournament. That's impressive. Oh my gosh, boy, is it ever! And it's not. It was. They were not easy matches. I mean, they oh. were going. Well, I, I, <laughs> Those, mean, I mean, look. I'm assuming Johnson's a great big kid. Yeah. Uh, look, his quads are, his quads are not the size giants. Of... They're not giant heavyweights. No, they're not. They're super athletic, super technical, but they're not giants. They're not giants. Navarro. Uh, Shunky, great big heavyweight. He's, he's a lot of, pretty lot giant. Of, he moves super good for a size, but yeah. he's a big kid. In my mind, I assume Johnson is a big kid. His lower half of his body is huge. Okay. Like you, his, I can't describe his quads to you without calling him Quadzilla. Oof. I mean, okay. he is huge. So you're going to shoot a single leg on this guy, you're going to pay for it. All right. And he's an athletic. Any idea what he plays in football? Is he not a lineman? Oh, he's definitely a lineman. Okay. He's definitely a lineman. Okay. I just I don't know whether it's offensive or defensive. I could But a lineman. He's definitely yeah. a lineman, yeah. And um yeah, he just he's he was more in wrestling shape this time around and he ran the gauntlet and was it was a very I mean the the heavyweight match I thought it was really cool because Cleaver, they started the tournament out, they started the championship out wrestling the heavyweight match. What? Yes. The championship the heavyweights were first? Heavyweights were first. The, it, and I totally, I, I loved it, and these guys totally delivered. Um, 
you know, a lot of times you he's trying to get things rolling big. Well, I think you know Scott Cleaver's a he's he a heavyweight heavyweights. He knows heavyweights. He heavyweights. Son's a heavyweight. Keaton right? is big kid. Yeah, and um, I I enjoyed it because it was you know what we're gonna give the heavyweights the love. We're gonna start with them, and they did not disappoint. It was really cool. Nice. Like at the at, you know on. At the Christmas tournament, we ended with the heavyweights, which is also, which was fair, was right? Awesome is awesome. You know, that's that's kind of the norm. You save that. It's best traditional, match. and we also had a really good heavyweight match to do it. Heavy, you yes. know, to finish with. Yeah, the, here they're like, you know what? We got the number three versus number one in the country. We're starting with it, and wow. it, it got the, it got the party started for sure. And Dylan Johnson was, I mean, Coy Hopke wrestled very very aggressively, attacked, 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 attacked. And Dylan defended, defended, defended. And, I mean, they, you know, Johnson got called for stalling one time on a situation where Coy maybe got in on a leg and they ran off the edge of the mat. Okay. It was similar to when Coy got called for stalling at the Christmas Who's tournament. Shunky? Yeah. You know, he's trying to clear a situation, clear right. something. And um, I think Coy maybe gassed himself out. It has not wrestled full, very many full matches. Well, look, he's so good. He hasn't had to. No. Right? Like, before the Christmas tournament. I'll say these two matches, he probably doesn't wrestle a lot of second period matches. I don't know if any of them made it to the second period. Yeah. So, you know, he... Yeah, he kind of... And look, Hoppy's going to be a gopher. Yes. Right? So we are looking forward to cheering for him. Oh, yeah, definitely. He is looking forward to getting rid of college D1 football players out of his way. That's got to be done now, right? (laughs) Like, oh, my... Like, what are the odds? Oh, man. That's crazy. That is. That... Yeah. Well, congrats to Dylan. Never met the kid. I doubt I ever will. But yeah, I won't either. Heck of a tournament. Heck of a tournament. And he got the OW and deservedly so. Let's, it's hard to find a tournament where someone uh, in a high school local tournament, not the Ironman, not the Powerade, not he beats number one and two guys in the country in his weight class. It, it just is, doesn't happen. It is hard. The Cheesehead <laughs> has done a good job of trying to make that happen. Right, yeah. And that's what... Um, nice. So, okay, enough Cheesehead talk. Thanks for the hospitality. Kakana, Galloping Ghosts. We're going to scroll into... As we kind of round, you know, finish up here, let's talk about a couple other local tournaments. Okay. That I can't go as in detail to because I wasn't there. You weren't oh, there. Speaking of that, before we move on, let's do it. Last time we talked, and we said we were a little disappointed because we couldn't find video for some of the tournaments. Yes. And it was pointed out by a couple of people that Rogers, yeah, had video. Yes. Right. And it was fully available. You. Thank you for pointing out because that's on me. Just De- for not- Dennis and Jill. Well, and and I didn't argue with you. I hadn't found it either. So um, it was not broken down match by match and everything else, but it certainly was available for, um, was it Dennis Lehmeyer? Well, well, Dennis Dennis is the one who directed us. You know, so Tony Wolfbauer was on site. He was at on Rogers. site. Yeah. And but- Dennis, Dennis, Dennis Lemire was the one who's like, hey, it's, it, yep, it's available on Flow Wrestling. Yeah. Which thank you, Dennis. Because that that is that's one hundred percent on me. Yeah. Because of my lack of. Well, I mean, it's unfortunate. It wasn't easier to find, but it was there. It was. It there. was there. Right. Definitely there. So thank you, because then obviously I went back and watched a bunch of matches. Right. So I appreciate that. Yeah. So I just wanted to mention as you're as we're jumping into tournaments that we may or may not have 
you know, full coverage available. Yeah, which I think like the next one, like the Eden Prairie Duels, I think there is coverage out there. Okay. Just, you know, Eden Prairie, they usually stream their stuff. I just haven't seen it yet. I am curious because Scott West, they went, they had a nice run there. They are, they are. So we should mention this, what is tonight, Wednesday? We'll release this episode tomorrow morning. Sometime Thursday, yeah. Sometime Thursday. Depends when our tech department gets to it. If if we can get them up and moving in the morning, if it's worth mentioning, Scott West, they just they they're they're having a very nice season and they want a nice run. They went five and zero at the Eden Prairie Duels, and tomorrow night they wrestle section rival Watertown Mayor. So and that is being streamed, and that's you know kind of why I bring this up just a little bit because what did they what did we talk about? They finished like sixth and seventh at the Christmas tournament. I want to say, or 7th and 8th. Right. And right now, Watertown Mayor is currently ranked 7th, and Scott West is ranked 8th. So those guys duel head-to-head tomorrow, and that is available for streaming. It can be watched. I, I think Watertown Mayor has a YouTube channel that you can watch it on. That um, is, like I say, if most people that are listening to the show, they're going to be at wrestling tomorrow. Right. However, if you can... When you get home, if your duel or your try that you're at, you feel unfulfilled or you just want to see what's going on over in, over in their section over there, go check it out. Scott West is wrestling really good right now. Nice. They beat Lee's Summit 47-22, to 22, which I, I believe is maybe out of Missouri. Okay. Not positive, but I think. Um, they beat Becker 38-24. You know, Becker's ranked third in the state. Yeah. And... It's 38-24. That's a, that's a nice win. They beat Albert Lee, 43-24. Albert Lee's on a nice run. That was Albert Lee's only loss of the day. They beat Waconia, 57-12. And then they beat Eden Prairie, 40-29. to Yeah, it's a real nice day. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the, the big one being that, that win over Becker, I've heard some, some, some pretty good wrestling minds, you know, probably brighter than ours, talk about Scott West has got a real nice team and, don't sleep on them, and they could have a, they could surprise people come the end of the year. Well, if that duel with Becker is any indication, you know they're they're headed the right direction. Then I mentioned Albert Lee Al. Yeah. So Albert Lee, they beat Eden Prairie forty five to twenty three, and they beat Wilmer twenty seven to twenty five. They dropped that match to Scott West that we talked about forty three twenty four. And then they beat Anoka 36-33. So they're they're another team that's on the you know on the rise and they're they got a nice season going. And they they opted up to they're in triple A this year. They gotta be the favorite in section one triple A, I wanna say. Right. That uh is what I have for the Eden Prairie Duels. There's there's a ton more there, but I could tell like what is it? We've only got so much time for each episode, so we're going to keep rolling here. Let's talk a little bit about the Jerry Baker Memorial Invite. The champs of that were Marshall, and second place was Chaska Chan. They had a, you know, they were only twenty points out, eighteen points out of first place. They had a, they're having a really nice season. In third place was Pequot Lakes Pine River Bacchus. In fourth place was Mound West Tonka. Always got to give a little love to the guys from Mound West Tonka. In fifth place was Thief River Falls. Sixth place was Goodhue. 
Seventh, Buffalo. Eighth was Medford. And ninth was Orono. A few matches to highlight from that, that tournament. You know, just quickly that I, you know, I just kind of picked up along the way at 121 sure. pounds was Stephen Dragos of Chaska Chan. He beat Luis Lopez of Medford 14 to 10. At 127 pounds, we have Parker Zutter of Pequot Lakes Pine River Bacchus. He won in overtime over Landon Marthaler of Marshall. Al, do you remember off the top of your head what the mascot is for Pequot Lakes Pine River Bacchus? I do not. Come off on. Off the top of my head. You don't? Uh, I could think of it probably, but I don't want to waste air, air time. Because, yeah, time is limited, right? right? Um, how about this? They are the road crew. The road crew. The road crew, if I remember correctly, just because they, I think they spend a ton of time on the road for their matches to go find, to go wrestle. Like they're like, I don't remember for sure. And I'm sorry, uh, to be honest, if we have any listener, any listeners from Pequot Lakes, Pine River, Bacchus, reach out to us, let us know if I'm wrong. Yeah, correct us or confirm it either way. Yeah, either way. And it's it. The farther removed I get. You know, it's it's hard to catch matches and, and teams from northern Minnesota and would love to talk about them. So reach out to us and let us know if you know if we're getting it right and we'll take any information you can you can share with us to share on the show. And if there's a northern Minnesota podcast up and about or coming around, let us know. We'd love to to uh, pump you up, right? Like the JV takes guy all over section one. If there's someone up north that that is really into it and, and has good insight and is following stuff more closely than we're able to, yeah. we'd, we'd love to, one, uh, give you some shout-outs, and two, uh, steal your content and, and learn from you, right? Share. Al. Share your Share content. Their content. Share your content mm-hmm. and learn from them. Yes, that would be very handy. Okay, how about this? Let's go on 160 pounds of that tournament, Al. In second place was Tate Condezzo of Marshall, and first place was Griffin Lundine of Thief River Falls. Now, both those guys, you mentioned the NSIC earlier tonight, are going to be wrestling there next year. I believe Tate Condezzo is going to Marshall, Southwest State, and Griffin Lundine recently committed to Northern State right. in Aberdeen. I don't, I, I, and I guess when I say recently, I don't know how recent it was, but... Yeah, I mean, it was, it's not in the last week, but... Um, Griffin just hit a big milestone, didn't he? Weren't you telling me about that earlier? Yeah, yes. He got his 150th pin. 150th win. That's nice. No, no. 150th pin. Oh, pin? Pin. Mm-hmm. You know, it helps that last year he was an undefeated state champ. Went like 50-0 and 0 or whatever he did. I don't, sorry, Griffin, I don't remember your record. But I will I do got to add this in there. So I have a source up in northwestern Minnesota. Okay. Who has told me... You know, a few years ago, keep an eye on a kid named Brady Kasprick. Oh, yeah. He's just got an incredible worth ethic. He's very strong, and he loves wrestling. He's going to be a state champ. I'm like, okay. So Brady Kasprick was a state champ. Yep. And I'm like, this guy's right. So I went back to him, and I said, I'm going to leave him unnamed at the time because I don't we never talked about revealing him as a source, and I don't think he cares about that. But he's like, hey, the next kid you got to keep an eye on is Griffin Lundin. Oh, really? Goes super hard. Hey, ask this next time you talk to him, ask to him some stock ticks, stock tips or something, right? Like, I appreciate something valuable you know, to yeah, us, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> content's great, but if he can make us some money in the stock market, that would be ideal. 
Yeah, that I don't know if he can do that. Well, if he's two for two, I'm I'm willing to take a flyer. He, he is two for two, and he's he nailed. It. He's like I'm telling you, this Lundin kid, he's works super hard, loves the sport, and he's gonna he's gonna be a state champ. And nice. He was right. He's two for two. So you know, if there's people like like we'll call this guy Bob. Bob. We call you know, if there's other people out there like Bob that can put us on guys like this to keep an eye on. Oh, for sure. We'd love to hear about him. As you're talking about you know, milestones for these guys. There's, they're available to see on the guillotine website and they're super handy. And it's just kind of a fun talking point. And, you know, these kids, they, they hit these, they call milestones for a reason. They're a big deal. So go check out the guillotine.com. They do a great job of putting these out there and um, they're easy to find. And that website's super easy to navigate. Even for a guy like myself, Right. And if try and navigate another state's website that that is racing oh boy. based. Yeah. Some of them don't even have websites. You can't even find them. No, I mean. But then when you do, you can't find any content on them. They're terrible. Terrible. I'm just looking at a list of these. You know, as we talked about Griffin's 150th pin, Jaden Howder from Apple Valley. He's a senior at 145 pounds. He got his hundredth pin at the Clash. Another nice uh, tally there. Yeah, that that's pretty sweet. Uh, 150th win, Donovan Schmid from Lax. He's a senior at 127 pounds. 75th pin, Alex Sh of Tr of Tracy Milroy Ballatin, Westbrook Walnut Grove at 152 pounds. Uh, 125th win, Mark Rendell of Forest Lake. He's your heavyweight. He's a senior. Another 125th win is Deegan Urkaker of Ogilvie. He's at 133 pounds. He's a junior. 100th win, Jackson Marr from Forest Lake. He's a senior at 145 pounds. 100th win, Kaysen Harms of Wabasso. He's a junior at 127 pounds. Coming out of Southeast Minnesota, 100th win, Braxton Lang of Caledonia Houston at 133 pounds. And you know what? We talked about Alex Shaw getting his 75th pin. There is another Shaw, David. He's just got his 100th win at 133 pounds. I got to believe they're brothers. I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing they are. Right. So there's just some milestones for you, Al. Nice. Yeah, those are fun, right? It's always interesting to see, um, you know, sometimes names pop up on there or stats pop up on there, which seem almost unbelievable. But um, super cool. Uh, I think the guillotine still will. I don't. I think your your coach maybe has to call an order, but you can still get guillotine patches for some of these achievements. Um, it's funny. I think last time I checked, which was a while ago, uh, unfortunately, like they gave a. They had a patch available, guillotine patch available for 100 pins, right? Because that's like not unachievable, but it's a great big number. And you mentioned a guy who had 100 and a guy who had 150 recently, yeah. right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, those are those are cool. And they're definitely prolific pinners. Yes, I've seen them pin a ton of guys. The I mean, 100 wins is a lot to get to. Well, and it, even in Minnesota with 7th and 8th grade wrestling, depending on your size and, and maturity level, like you have to be big enough and mature enough to wrestle high school and win in 7th and 8th grade at 103 or 6 or 13 or, or whatever the weight class is down low. But, um, but you still have to, to fit into there. But to get to 100 wins is a pretty big deal. To get to 150, I don't care – 
if you have six years or not, that's a lot of wins, oh, right? It's a ton of wins, yeah. And it's a absolute crap ton of pins. <laughs> oh my gosh, the twenty five pins a year for six years. Yeah, that's pretty. That's right. Like that's solid. You're like, like well, my seventh my grader had twenty five pins on varsity. Yeah, that, that's, like that's the average. That's a nice that, average that to have. <laughs> Yeah, so congrats to all those guys and, and other guys down the line that didn't get mentioned or maybe were, you know, last week or the week before and we missed them. Um, yeah. yeah the, just a reminder, the guillotine has a ton of those resources to go look through. It's yeah, not- so look, we have a cheat sheet, right? Would Like you said, it's guillotine. If you go to theguillotine.com and under high school, there's a milestones page that literally lists all of the stuff and you can scroll through there. And if you want, you can search for your favorite school name or some kids, you know, or whatever, but yeah, very easy under the high school, uh, tab in the menu to find the milestones. That is, and there's, yeah, that, that is such a resource. We don't, we talk, well, we use it all the time. We don't always talk about it. Yeah. Like we use it. I mean, I'm just, just went there right now. Landon Robidoux from St. Michael Everglades just got his 200th win. Cole Hall Lindemeyer from Farmington got his 150th win. December 28th, Cash Raymond from Simla got his 100th pin. That that he did, yes. That was <laughs> had um, Logan Schwanz from Hutchinson, Buffalo Lake Hector Stewart, 100th win. Dylan Lawagi on the January 2nd got his 225th win. You say Lawagi, I say Lawagi. Lawagi. Um, who else here? Yeah, this uh, these things are are just. It'd be super impressive if we did this without looking at a cheat sheet, right? Like if we were just rattling this off back and forth, like um, rapper battle style, throwing Yo. out stats and records, but we're both cheating. Alex Braun got his two hundred three <laughs> second win on January what, Al? Uh, Zach McPhee got his 125th pin, and we all know that he's had pins at 13, 14 weight classes. All 14. Yeah, that's just... So if you're, if you're bored... You know what, Josh? Our last one of that before we exit this. Bring it on. Someone had their... You're going to get this. I know. Someone had their 900th coaching win uh, on December 21st. I will actually get that. Um, that is a guy by the name of Jim Jackson. And what school? Apple? No. Uh, what, Scott, uh, uh, what, uh, Staples Motley. Okay, there yes. it is. Staples Motley. Jim Jackson has 900th coaching win up there. Congrats to Jim. Yeah, that's a, that is very impressive. Here's another one. Austin Jervinsky, 100th win. I thought we were going to stop this back and forth. I'm sorry, Davis Perro. I've got a win. scroll bar, Josh. I can go all night. This list goes on. I mean, this is <laughs> this is really fun. But, okay. So the guillotine, like I say, if you're looking for wrestling content, there's a ton of it on there. Al, Al and myself love to get together and talk wrestling. It's a great resource for us. And a lot of times we just regurgitate what we find on there. Right. Also... Well, who else? We give a. Uh, actually, you know what? Al, I want to finish up with this. This is a segment coming from our our sponsor, Ellsmore Plumbing. Um, if you're in and around the Rochester area, give Jason Ellsmore of Ellsmore Plumbing a call for all your plumbing needs. Because I got a text from him the uh, last night that there's a, there's some changes to the uh, girls wrestling section tournament this year. Section. Section. Okay. Yes. 
So this good info, Josh. We should have done this first. We should have. We should have, but so be it. Our system is what it is. And um, girls' individual sections are Friday, February 9th, and Saturday, February 10th. Okay. There are two days this And week. how many sections? Well, so there's, I guess it's kind of super sections because there's there's four. So this year they're combining section one and three. Okay. And section two and four. Yep. And they will wrestle at Redwood Valley High School. Okay. Those two tournaments will run simultaneously. Same same school, but two tournaments. Yes. Two separate tournaments. Two separate yep, tournaments. Got Sections it. one and three is one section tournament, and then section two, two and, four and four is another. Two and four is another. And then Bemidji High School, which has done a, an amazing job promoting girls yeah, wrestling. Yeah, they've got a good good big squad up there. They are hosting sections six and eight. Okay. And then sections five and seven. Got it. So, so there's actually two sites for the super sections. Yeah. Each site hosts two tournaments. Evens and odds. So if you're down south, you have one and three and two and four. If you're up north of Bemidji, you've got five and seven and six and eight. Yeah. But but in that same gym, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, for my own selfish reasons, I, I didn't mind it when it was in Hastings. Right. Just because that was a fairly like short drive from 17 minutes from right. my house. But Redwood Falls is just a mere two and a half hours west. Yeah. So I guess we're going that way. And then. You know, and I think we'll spend more time maybe in the next episode talking about the state tournament. Yeah. There's not any crazy significant changes to that, but it's we'll touch on that at that time. But thank you to Jason Ellsmore, Ellsmore Plumbing, for sharing this with me because it is significant. Well, it's nice. I mean, that info, you get that info uh, via Jason before we see it publicly. Yeah. Right, which is, is always handy and sometimes super timely. For sure. All right. Well, Josh, I don't have anything else. Me neither. And uh, I'm a little disappointed we didn't get to talk more about the Destroyer tonight, but that will be left for another day. Oh, yeah. Yep. JV takes, guys. Be ready for that. That's that's coming. Right. Teague, start eating at the buffets. Yeah. If you want to get to the weight class, Teague, if you want to make minimum weight, good luck. Yeah. Stop being a pansy. Get off the salads and get on the steaks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's all I got. We'll uh, we'll get together again soon. Sounds good, Al. All right. See ya. See ya. Another great podcast. Great podcast. Time for the end of show wrap. Minnesota Wrestling Representing. Alan Josh is the podcast show. Just two guys that's in the know. Bringing the wrestling news episodes. You can sit and listen or hear on the go. Voices is smooth. Podcast is free. Many platforms for downloading. Minnesota Wrestling, Alvin, Josh, Raymond, report the scene. High school, college, women, youth. Minnesota Wrestling is for you. Live from the kitchen, I'm in Studio 2. Can't wait for the next one. Stay tuned.